0: Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Dang, that was motivational, right? Man, that was from Coach Carter. Starring Samuel L. Samuel L. Jackson. Good movie, good movie. He's a coach. His name is Carter. (laughs) But I always remember that speech, man. It's that speech is is it speaks towards like the story at heart of the movie, which speaks towards the topic of today's episode, which is fear. And I know you're probably like, man, I've been through 14 of these episodes and. This stuff is like, like, you know, emotional, what you're talking about. Like, you're not giving too many... Well, I've given, a, I've given a lot of tips, actually. So, stop right there. But you could be like, you're not giving, you know, proactive advice on how to LLC my company, whatever. But that's not what this is about. For me, it's not. You know, there's a reason we're up late working. Because we face the world during the day and we face you know our clients during the day and we face all these you know anxiety ridden moments and it's all based on certain fears we have as entrepreneurs as people who have stepped out of our comfort zone to try to achieve something that we don't know is, we don't know if it's possible or not to achieve right And I mean, fear p- plays such a big role in it. When you're starting off, it, not even when you're starting off. I need to stop saying that. Fear plays a big role in entrepreneur, like in the entrepreneur world. To entrepreneurs, it 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 can be that driving force that keeps us going, or it could be that force that cripples us. You know, and here's and here's why I feel like. Fear is, like, fear is what tells us what we need to do. (laughs) You know, think about actors. Think about the roles they take on. Actors take on some pretty heavy roles, man. And they only take on roles, well, the good ones, you know. Not Adam Sandler. (laughs) He just signed a deal with Netflix, too, by the way. I don't know how that happened, but... They take on roles that their, nat- like their their natural instinct is to be scared of it. Because it's such a big role. Those are the roles they choose. And in the same way, we should take on the jobs that challenge us, I feel. Right? It's just going to make us stronger. It's going to make us better at what we do. You know? Fear is what... You know, we wake up in the morning and we're like, man, uh, I know I sent that to the client. They haven't responded in two days. I wonder what they're thinking. You know, we're worried about a client's opinion on things. And that, that, I mean, if you think about it, that's good. For one, we have a client or clients. That's fine, right? But, man, like... When we get to that point where we're like, man, I sent that over to the client, they haven't responded, and, and, and you're like antsy and you are like, you don't want to reach out, this is how you need to attack that, okay? And I'm just saying this out of my experience. You need to attack that fear. You need to attack that, uh, you know, um, reluctancy to reach out to the client. You have to reach out to them. You have to reach out in these moments where you're like, I I just worked a few days on this. I hope they like it don't hope they like it get on the phone with them and make sure they like it right and preemptively before you even produce something for them be on the phone with them talk it out you know reduce these instances where fear can creep in and you can self like self doubt right you got to constantly challenge yourself e- e- and here's why: because you're the only person. Like you're working on your own, right? You don't have a boss to answer to, uh, unless you're you're married. Then you definitely have a boss to answer to. <laughs> but you're the like you're the only person you can depend on to challenge you. And I feel I keep saying challenging. And I keep feeling like I keep saying you know push through these things because that's the only way to get past these fears we face. These emotional fears, these, uh, not not emotional, but like mental fears. Is my work good enough? Am I charging enough? Am I doing enough work? Am I reaching out to enough people? You know? Do people think that I'm just at home hanging out all day? If you have a kid, do, do, do people think I'm just Mr. Mom? Or do do people think I'm just a housewife? We think about this stuff a lot, and I say we i th- I thought about it a lot, so I'm just assuming that other human beings are thinking about it too, <laughs> okay, you know before I got my routine down, I used to be like, man, people you know i, I get I start working at like ten thirty, and I hope nobody ever finds out because everyone else gets to work at eight and they start thin. they're going to think I'm a slacker." When the whole while I have more clients than they have, you know, I'm more better off and I have more free time, yet my, like, my mind was clouded with that thought of what they thought about me, you know? That sucks. Glad I got past that. That was a rough time. You know, we we always try to... (sighs) We always try to find people to, like, hold us accountable for things um, so that we don't miss deadlines or so that we're, you know, constantly motivated and so that we keep on the grind so that fear doesn't creep in where you're like, oh, people are going to think I'm not doing the work or people are going to think that I'm lazy or I don't have enough work to do. But I want to say this and I want to be really delicate about this because I have a few people who I do depend on to hold me accountable. But that may be a waste of time. It may be a waste of time to meet with people and say, hey, hold me accountable, to do something. Because people are people. People are going to go on their own paths. You know, if you're like, hey, let's talk every 30 days. Here's what, what I'm, what I'm going to do. You send them an update like like say you have a mentor, and it's the mentor's job to keep you on on track, right? Well, what if that mentor wakes up one morning and and he's like, "I'm I'm done with this. I'm not fulfilled. I need to go to Fiji or some crap." You know, and they become like you know. One of those naturalists. <laughs> I think our modern day naturalist is like the gluten free people. Oh, if somebody else tells me they're they're going they're gluten free, I'm gonna eat a couch. Gl- Anyways, I didn't even, I didn't even know gluten was a thing until two years ago. Let's talk about fear though. <laughs> but that might be that might be a waste of time, guys. To have a mentor, to have somebody hold you accountable and say or to say hey can you hold me accountable and trust that they will that might be a waste of time and it might backfire you know if you're anything like me if you have somebody who you say hey hold me accountable to do xyz and i'll talk to you in 30 days my whole month is filled with dread and fear that i might not accomplish the things that i said i would do because i always overpromise. and we do that we do that a lot you know exactly what I mean. We overpromise. Because we always have the need to, you know, we want to be validated. And we want to show that we can do even better than what they think we can do. Right? We do that. But what if we're wasting our time doing that? Like, you're you're with you all the time. Why don't you hold yourself accountable? Why don't we hold ourselves accountable? What's, what, what's holding us back from that, from doing that? Why do we need somebody else? Is it so that they could say good job? That's fine. You can get your mom to say good job. But at the end of the day, the people who say good job to you, they're trying to get a good job from someone, some from somewhere else. You know, might be you. But we got we gotta try to mitigate like this this fearful feeling of are we good enough or is what we're doing or is what we're doing worth it do we matter does our work matter I know I you might not think it in those words but you'd think it it's the reason you procrastinate it's that resistance that that's that slight resistance between sitting down to work and working like there's a unseen you know barrier there between knowing what you want to do and then going and getting it sometimes it takes a lot to get to that point like a lot sometimes it takes like a like a person going to the doctor and the doctor saying you have cancer i'm sorry you have 6 months to live and then that person says, you know, they quit their job and they go do exactly what they want to do and they're happy as ever. Like, so happy. They're doing exactly what they want to do and they're living their life. And then what usually happens is the cancer goes into remission because they were so happy. They weren't stressed. They weren't fearful 24-7, right? Right? What's stopping us from doing it? What's, what, what, what's causing that resistance is fear, man. And I'm, I'm saying this, guys. I'm not saying this because. Yeah, I am. I'm saying it because I went, I went through a fearful stage. I went through months where I was like, man, I shouldn't have stepped out. I don't know enough. I'm not gonna do well. a scary like realization, but it's it's false it's not real, you know it's just it's just you kind of sinking into that fearful stage, okay, and guys it when you're just starting off your company, if you listen to this episode and you're like, shit, man, like don't think that <laughs> i'm just I'm just saying that these thoughts are gonna creep into your mind, okay, and I want to help you not have them creep into your mind' so, so at least you know that this might come about, and when it does, you're like, oh, I remember Dominic talked about this. It's just fear, and I need to keep pushing, right? You know, I had a, I worked with a girl once, um, she was a project manager, and she used to sit, so her job was to send, like, do email communication with clients and let them know where they were at in the project, um, like where our progress progress was on a, on a sp- specific project, and she used to send her emails at 4.59 and then leave work because she didn't want to interact with the client. She didn't want to tell the client, hey, we're two weeks behind. Call me right now so we can talk about it. She wanted to say, hey, we're two weeks behind. Let me know if you have any questions. Close out the computer and then get in the car and leave. <laughs> are we? Are we? Are we doing? Are we prolonging? Like, man, guys, we can make like we can further uh, prolong the fears we have if we do stuff like that. If we procrastinate. If we don't pick up the phone and call the client and tell them what an issue is, right? Let's say you're doing a logo design, and let, this is just an example. Let's say you wait it to the last minute, like you always do, okay? It's Wednesday, and the logos do Thursday. And it's Wednesday night at midnight, and you just did three, you know, pretty good logos, and Photoshop crashes. And it didn't save anything. And you worked a long time on these things, four or five hours. What's your move? That's the question. What's your move? Think about it. Do you stay up till four or five and do the work again? Or do you write the client and say, This messed up, I'll have it to you within 24 hours. Sorry, I know tomorrow was the due date. I'll have it to you the next day. Which is going to make you feel better? Hmm? Are you going to feel good staying up till 4 or 5 a.m., doing some half ass work, just speeding, like speedy work, trying to replicate what you worked really hard on? Or will saying, hey, this happened, sometimes these things happen. I'll have it to you within 24 hours. I'll be 24 hours late. Let me know if that's going to cause a problem. Why are we scared to do that? Why are we scared to tell a client, hey, I'm just figuring this out, you know, which is what you paid me for. It's going to take longer than expected. Sorry, here's the new timeline. Instead of sticking to the timeline and not instead of, but but instead we stick to the original timeline we gave them and try to like pressure ourselves into learning something that might take longer to learn than humanly possible. Cause we're scared they're gonna leave us. And Jesus, send the email at four fifty nine, and then if a client wrote back at like five oh one, she'd be gone. And then there's a whole night where the client. Like, nobody sees the client communication. And the next day, when she answers, the client's pissed off because nobody answered. Man, we can't be that scared of people, of another person. Come on. Another person? We don't want to engage with them when they've paid us for something? We're scared of how, uh, about conveying to them, hey, this is a lot more than I thought it'd be. And I thought I'd tell you right now, it's going to take a lot more work. But because I didn't foresee this, I, should, I didn't quote it initially, I'm going to go ahead and honor it, but it's, it is going to take longer. I'm sorry, that's just what's going to happen. What can the client do? Right? We break our necks for clients to meet a deadline that we've set for ourselves or we've set for the project. And we stick to it because we're scared. We'll even deliver a subpar product. Have you ever done that? Have you ever turned in something like, I hope this, I hope this works. <laughs> have we? Have you ever turned in something? And you're like, I hope this works because you had to like fly, like rush through it, or you know. You didn't quite understand the full scope of everything, but you did. You were too scared to reach out and say, "Hey, I don't understand this," because you're scared they'll think, "Oh, you're not. You're a novice. You're not an expert," and ask for their money back. You become an expert by asking those questions. Okay. I feel like I'm preaching. I don't want to preach. I really don't. But we're all gonna have thoughts. Like we're all gonna have fear that we might fail. Okay? You it's just going to happen. I mean, that's what drives a lot of people fear of failure. Drives a lot of people and makes them very successful, right? But for some people, like I said, it can it can really cripple you. And you know, you start you start thinking like what what if I leave the job and it doesn't work out. What if I can't make rent? What if my client leaves? What if this? What if this? But why? Okay, I'm gonna pose a question. This uh, this might sound corny, but like why not? Why don't we? Why don't we not give ourselves an ultimatum? What if we said failure? Like we can't fail. Because there's we're not going back to a job. We're not going back to a nine-to-five that we hate. We're not going back to a lifestyle that's not fulfilling. What if we put that brand on our lives, that stamp? You think things would change? You think fear would creep in? I think. I think a a, a level of, you know, comfort would come in. It's just saying, okay, this is where I'm at. I just have to make it work. That's the only. It's the the only method here. I have to make it work. There's no other option. Instead of, man, I wonder, you know, when the money runs out, am I going to have to go uh, sell insurance somewhere? (laughs) Am I going to have to work for somebody 20 years younger than me? You're not. Don't give yourself that out, man. Don't give yourself that reason to 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 leave. You stepped into this position because you know you're good enough. You know you're you're ready for it. Let's not give ourselves that ultimatum, right? Be smart with your moves. And sometimes we're we're fearful, like within negotiations with a client, like we're we're fearful of like naming a price. Like, come on. We're scared to talk budget. Come on. Let's not do that. If you go to a car lot, here's the car analogy again. You go to a car lot, the The price is on the freaking windshield of the car. Right? You know what you're buying. Do people not buy cars? Like, what if they took prices off? Do you think car sales would go up or down? Hmm? Probably down. They put it right on the front. Because they know what that car is worth. And when you look at it, you're like, yeah, that car is worth 18000 Yeah. No sunroof. <laughs> no sunroof. No third row. Yeah, it's worth that. But we don't do that. Do we? Do we charge what we're worth? Are we scared to charge what we're worth? Yep. Yes, we are. Don't shake your head at me. <laughs> yes, we are. We know a client comes to us and they're 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 talking weird, okay? They're like, "I have a server in my office that keeps backups of all of my uh data, and I have an inventory list that pulls from the supplier and people can come to my site and they can view the inventory but they can't buy. So what I want to do is make a database to where everything's in one place and I have a point of sale system set up and if I if, if somebody purchases something, it takes it right from the inventory and it keeps track of all this. And we're listening, we're like, "Holy, that that okay?" Okay. They're like, "Is that something you can do?" And you're like, "Yep." And they're like, "How much is that going to cost?" And we say, "What?" i'll get back to you with the price you know you know what it cost it right then but you didn't want to say it you should have said this is going to cost anywhere between fifty and seventy five thousand dollars depending on how much inventory you have and depending on how much customization you want on the back end the more customization you add the higher the price this could get up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars if we're talking you know, really intense customization, but to start with, it's going to be $50,000, we don't do that, why, we just sat through this guy, talking about his in-house server, which he shouldn't even have, why has he got it, why is he have it, <laughs> two hours, and then we say, get back to you with a price, because we don't want to lose what possibility there may be there between you and him to strike a deal. You know it's going to be a lot, <laughs> and you could even say that, hey, uh, Carl, because his name's probably Carl. Hey, Carl, this is going to be this is a lot of money we're talking about. Do you know that? If they say, yeah, I know that, why why do you ask? You're like okay, just it sure. Or if you said this is gonna be a lot of money, and if they say, "Well, I know, I'm thinking, you know, two or three thousand dollars," then you can say, "Carl, get away." <laughs> You're in his place, and you say, "Get away." No, you. Then you can say, "No, I, it, two, two or three. It, that's nowhere near what it's gonna be." Let's stop being scared to stand up and charge what we're worth. Right? That's what the cars are that's what the price on the cars are. The car the price is what they're worth. I understand it's a product and we're service providers, but we should know what we're worth, man. Okay? And last but not least, the other fear that I've seen creep in is the fear of not being fulfilled. Okay? Now this can happen either before you step out on your own or you know, m- while you're on your own, or even while you're growing, man. Even if you're, you know, you just signed your seventy-ninth client and you've got eight people working under you, this fear is going to creep in. Like, am I fulfilled? Is this really what I want? You know? I got people working for me, I got, they got to, I got to have meetings. I got to keep, you know, stay abreast with every client and what every issue is and how much they pay monthly and credit card processing fees and the crap that I don't care about. Am I going to be, am I really fulfilled or am I going to be fulfilled? That's a legitimate fear. That crap's scary. Here's a, here, here's what the cycle is. When I first started, I was fearful this won't work, Okay. And then when it started working, I was fearful of all my time's gone. I'm not going to have time to do anything that I love, which sucks, which means I'm just working for people. It's not what I what I stepped out for. And then as I grew, it became, well, now I have people doing the things I did. So what do I do? <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird cycle, man so here's what I tried to adapt, and, uh, th- I'm not saying, you know, do this immediately, like, do this once you start getting, you know, making money, but I read this, like, this thought piece, uh, and you can probably find it, it's called, uh, this thing about mini vacations, M-I-N-I vacations, mini, va- mini vacations, not many, mini, these words, mini vacation, and, uh, I'm sorry, I'm saying this wrong. Mini-retirements, good gosh. And they talk about, you know, people work all their lives to reach a retirement age, and then they, you know, go off and they go sailing and disappear into the Bermuda Triangle. Or whatever. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> or they spend every Sunday at the horse races with those wicker hats, you know, and, like, those those wicker sandals that the dudes, those Jesus sandals that dudes wear, anyways, and, and they work all their lives to get there, but that retirement age is going up, and what if you get to that age, and they're like, you know what, we're gonna only give you this much, thanks for your service, and this, and it's only enough to just live off of, right, I think that's why a whole lot of old people look really sad, because they've reached the point where they can do what they want, But they can't physically or mentally do it anymore. That's super sad. I look sad all the time, man. Man, I'd be wearing those wicker hats. I'd be be a sad wicker hat owner. (laughs) But mini-vacations, that theory talks about throughout your life. uh, I keep saying many vacations Mini-retirements. Throughout your life, take small retirement breaks. Take six months off. Go with your family. Do something crazy. Make a list of things you wanna do. I wanna tour you know, tour Europe. Okay. Take take two months off. Come back. I mean normally, I mean, even if you're working for a company, normally you can say, Hey, I gotta I really wanna do this. this is it okay if I do this and then come back? If you're a good worker they'll probably say, Yeah. You know? But if you're smart, you'll take those two months off and You'll go do what you want to do because you've saved up for it. But you've also saved up a, a little bit more to go ahead and start your own thing. Right? You saved up a little bit more to go interview at a cool place over in Europe that you want to work for. Or something like that. Right? Many retirements. It's important. It's important to be fulfilled. It's important to not fear whether or not you'll be fulfilled. And like that's a way to not fear it. To like have that time in your life where you feel like you're living <laughs> and you're not just working to hopefully eventually live. That makes sense. I hope so. I may have rambled a bit in this one, but who cares? This is about fear, man. Don't fear your career, don't fear your clients, you know, the, the the minute you see yourself not doing something you know you should be doing, put an action, like, put something in place to correct that, because if not, you're going to be taking Xanax, <laughs> a lot, <laughs> put, those, put, put some type of play in place, man. You, know? you have to optimize your life. You're working on your own. You have to optimize these things. If you don't catch it, that that accountability partner that you have is definitely not going to catch it because you're not going to tell them that. When you talk to him, you're going to be like, man, I've been working so hard. When really, you should have emailed the client a week ago. But you're on your fourth outsourcer trying to figure out a simple issue. Oh, don't tell me you haven't been there. Don't shake your head at me, please. anyways this has been about fear this is episode 15 man i'm stoked guys uh i looked at my plays we have like over 800 listens which is really dope man for 14 episodes over 800 listens that's either the most awesome thing ever or there's like one weird dude who's really listening to every episode a lot and if that's you dude Thanks for getting my listens up. I appreciate you. <laughs> but you're also really weird. And you probably follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Dominic underscore TMG. Tango. Oh, I had a guy write me and he wrote me. uh He followed me and then he wrote me. Tango Mango Gango. And I legit went, what the hell is this? <laughs> but then I remembered, I said... My Twitter name was Dominic, D-O-M-I-N-I-C-K underscore T-M-G. And then I said Tango Mango Gango. Oh, also, guys, hold on. I got to tell you this. This is cool. This is really cool. Remember that person who wrote me on uh, Reddit and they were like, got a link? And I said, on, right I do. Here's what he wrote me. He said, um, hey, man, thanks for sharing your podcast. I gave it a listen while on my way into the office. Really inspiring stuff. I love the humor you throw into things. It's all relevant while I try to get my own business off the ground. Much appreciated. will share. Man, that's worth every single episode. That right there alone is worth all the time spent. I appreciate you too, dude. And hit me up if you got any questions or anything. I don't know all the answers, but I know some people who know some answers. <laughs> But that's cool, man. That made me feel good. Anyways, if you like this episode, listen to the next one. That'd be cool. If not, that'd be cool, too. Talk to you guys soon.